Blog Talk Radio. Standard Time, and that means it's time for another awesomely exciting episode of Stunt Track with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and the one and only Leslie. How are you doing tonight, Leslie? Oh, I'm doing fine. It's it's starting to snow again. It's just it's just dusting. We have we don't have inches per se, but it's getting cold, and and there's definitely snow on the ground now. <laughs> Oh wow! I, I, it is freezing here in Vermont right now. It gets dark around five, five o'clock or so, five thirty, and once the sun goes down, the wind comes up. Man, it gets cold fast. So, I feel your pain. And uh, <laughs> my phone stopped to, working. We're supposed to be getting. Uh, uh, <laughs> supposed to be getting a big storm next week. Saranac Lake is expecting up to a foot of snow. Wow. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully I have all my errands done and I'll just I'll just stay in the room. <laughs> but at least you didn't take your snow tires off your car yet. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've had my snow tires on my car for over a year now because because of the quarantine. It just wasn't worth, you know. There 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 never seemed to be a time to to get the regular tires on. And plus, with the quarantine, I couldn't go anywhere with the tires, you know, to a shop to get them put on. So so yeah, it just this- worked out. Hopefully they get this vaccine out to us and we all can go back to normal real soon. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> so we have well, a great show planned for you I'm... guys tonight. Go ahead. Go ahead, Leslie. No, I, I was just saying, you know, we're coming into flu season now. So, so this is going to get very confusing. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. they a friend of mine, his kids got sent home from school because they said they had COVID because one of the kids was running a temperature. They went and got their COVID test, the whole family. They all had to quarantine. Turned out that it was just the flu, and it wasn't COVID, but they got nervous and said it was COVID, and, and uh, they had to go home and quarantine for nine days. So it's going to be tough right. to tell That's- the difference. Right. That's my point exactly, is now you're going to get the – whatever, the normal northeastern flu, you're going to run a temperature and everyone's going to go crazy and think that, you know, you have COVID, which which I guess they have to be careful, but but it's just, you know, it's, I don't know, it's just a big hurdle that, uh, I mean, especially where I live, uh, I just got a letter that, that they want every, I just got tested for the covert test and the the staff here and the aides that take care of the certain people here 
and I just got an email that they want to do yet another COVID test, and it's only like two weeks later. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive up to the hospital with two Q-tips up my nose. <laughs> I'll say I'll say here, take one. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Uh, Leslie just texted me and said, hey, why don't we talk about all the great people I've had an opportunity to meet working on Star Trek? And I said, yeah, that sounds like fun. Because uh, for you guys at Odyssey Radio that haven't been listening to us, Leslie has been on Star Trek Deep Space Nine and Star Trek Voyager. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have some fun talking with Leslie and hearing about her stories about meeting some of these great, great actors that have been on uh, Star Trek through the years. So you want to stick tuned for that. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. So if you'd like to ask Leslie a question or you have a comment, please give us a call. And we'll get you right on the air. We're live for the next hour. And if you're listening on Odyssey Radio, make sure you tune in to blogtalkradio.com backslash Trek Talking. And then you can listen to Leslie Hoffman live on, on Sunday nights. And you can call 646-668-2433 and ask Leslie a question live on the air. We'd love to hear from you. And that goes for everybody listening on any other podcast platform like Stitcher or iTunes or iHeartRadio, you just got to head over to blogtalkradio.com backslash Trek Talking, and there you'll see a link for Stunt Treks. You click on that link Sunday at 7 p.m., and you can listen live, and you can call 646-668-2433 and talk to Leslie live on the air. So please do that if you can. So before we dive into to the awesomeness, which is the Leslie Hoffman, we have a little tradition here that we started. And at the beginning of each show, um, we get Leslie's opinion on the current episode of Star Trek. And we started this with uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. And we've continued this on through with Star Trek Discovery. So we're going to talk a little bit right now about the Star Trek Discovery Episode 8, Sanctuary, which was directed by none other than the awesome Jonathan Frakes. So this episode has the USS Discovery taking Book back to his home planet. Uh, the name escapes me. And the planet is under siege by uh, sea uh, urchins, uh, sea locusts that have come in the land and are eating all their crops and starving the people on the planet. So Osira and the Emerald Chain comes along and gives them a, a pesticide that will kill off these, these um, creatures and allow them to survive and, and harvest their own food. Well, the Emerald Chain doesn't do anything for free. So they're taking and, and robbing the planet blind and uh, things aren't going too well. Book's brother calls for his help, so Discovery jumps there, and that, that's where the episode picks up. We get to meet Osira, finally, after hearing about her for all this time. And while all of this is going on, though, to me the more interesting story here isn't really Book and his brother and Osira and the planet, but what's going on on the ship. And on the ship, we have a, a, a relationship developing between Stamets and Adira, and we get to see that play out right in front of us, which, which I'm really enjoying, and the relationship between Stamets and Culber also uh, moves forward. And then there's a sub for Giorgio, and what is going on with her? So we have three stories going on in this episode, and we'll just jump right in here with Leslie and she can share her thoughts with us. And before we do that though, I want to play for you guys the sound bite of what this episode was about in case you haven't seen it yet. 
This is where the burn started. So we have a point of origin. Something or someone is definitely sending it. Philippa? That's weird. Scientifically speaking. I'm about to do something that might get us both killed. Did you mean what you said? I want in. I can face anything. So that was the trailer. It's only 30 seconds, but that was the trailer about the episode that we're about to talk about. And I have to warn you guys that we are going to have spoilers. So here's a little warning from Will Wheaton. Black alert, y'all. We are about to make the jump to some serious spoiler territory. All right, Leslie. Take it away. It's all yours. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I don't know. Actually, I think your description just kind of answered a question that I, or or something that I was having with this episode is that I can't follow a movie that has too many storylines at one time or, or or well in this case I'll say an episode I um I think they jumped around a little too much I mean they they were they're trying to fill in information but uh you know, I just think it's easier when something only has an A plot and a B plot. I mean, when you start going into a C and a D and an E and an F plot, I mean, I I really get lost. <laughs> uh, also, maybe it's because I just watched The Wizard of Oz, but I think oh, whatever her name is, Odessa, she looks like the witch, Wicked Witch of the uh, West yeah, she she kind of does have that. She just needs a broom, basically. So we we did. We, I'll get you, my little pretty, and your little cat grudge too. Right. I mean, I I just I wish they'd hold that cat a little better. Poor grudge. He's he's hanging over the top of this guy's arms. Anyways, uh, I have another question is that you would think this far into the future, I mean, like where they were able to do the, the that body scan on Giorgio. Uh, okay, I'm really bad on characters' names. Uh, uh, the the short name of, of – how come they can't do an antenna transplant? Well, the from what I recall from Star Trek Enterprise – when Captain Archer had to fight Shran to the death, he cut off one of his antenna, which is the ultimate um, show of dishonor for an Andorian, and it takes about nine months for them to grow back. So even though she cut off um, Wynn's antenna, they will they will eventually grow back. Um, since I didn't watch Enterprise... But I am watching Discovery. I don't know if they've actually said that. I mean, I don't think they said that his antennas are going to grow back. No, they haven't said uh, it on Discovery yet. You're absolutely right. But but we know that from Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. That's, that's interesting because that could be a real major problem if they're going to continue to say that his antennas are are cut off and, you know, that he's been maimed or, or will end up that way. Um, anyways, kind of jumping into the what I'll consider the main part of it is uh, I really liked, um, uh-oh, uh, you know, the well, book and his brother where, where they did, where they, you know, held, arms and talk to the sea locusts and then the discovery amplified um whatever you want to call it they're they're talking to the sea locusts and and as it was as you said as opposed to a pesticide it it was easier to say hey guys <laughs> go back to the ocean <laughs> and and they went too they listened they did go, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, 
Oh. I mean, in other words, you don't have to shoot something or poison something if you can talk to it. And I like right. I, that part I did like. So this episode, I don't know if you knew this or not, but the Andorian guy, uh, his name was Wynn. He's the real-life husband of Tilly, Mary Wiseman, which is cool. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's interesting. The scene that Tilly has at the end of the episode where she's talking to the Andorian guy, it's actually her acting in a scene with her husband, which was really cool, how they, they wrote that scene in there so the two of them could act together. I thought that was pretty cool. No, I didn't know that. So that that that's cool too. Um, I don't know. Like I say, I just still have. I always try to outguess. I guess an episode or something is. Well, I know that I've talked to you privately. Is that, you know, it's like why are they calling it the burn? Is burn burnum? You know, is it going to end up being something connected to the? The mother and Michael, and it's Burnham. You know, um, you know anything uh, is another possible. Thing, yeah, another thing is, um, I, I don't know. I It's just a feeling inside of me. I do not like the Admiral, and I do not like the guy with glasses. Nothing has been said in the episode to make me not necessarily like him or not like the two of them, but I just don't like them. Well, this episode had, this was a, we got to see Detmer get over her PST from the first episode. So she goes and flies the ship and puts it on manual and overcomes her fear of flying when, uh, when she, when the ship exploded and she got thrown across the room. So that wraps up that story. plot. That was one plot that was going on. And then we had the Giorgio plot going on, which has been going on for a while. We got a little bit more information on that plot. Then we got the plot of Book going back planet with his brother, finding out that Book and his brother are telepathic and can talk to animals. So we got, we got to find out why Book's head glows sometimes, because he can communicate with animals. Then we also got right. the plot with Osira. And uh, the Emerald Chain and Wind, and then we have the plot going on with um, with Adira, Stamets, and Culver. So we have like six storylines all going on simultaneously in this episode. There's a lot happening. Busy episode. That's my point. Is that the reason the movie 1941? did not go over that well was it just had too many plots and and what we're up to 8 and you I think you told me that there's going to be 13 they're going to they're going to yeah. resolve five plots in in five more episodes well i think the the uh, Giorgio plot uh, from the trailer is going to be solved next week so that'll be done okay the 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 uh, Detmer plot was wrapped up in this episode, so that that one's done. Um, Adira, the Adira thing is still going on, so that that we still have to wait to find out about that. Uh, we also don't know about the Emerald Chain and Osiris, so that's another one that's going to have to that will go on. Um, they'll drop the, a for the rest of the season. Or they'll throw no, they'll yeah. throw water on her. <laughs> she'll melt. <laughs> and she'll melt. <laughs> what a world! What a world! What a world! <laughs> oh, what a movie! <laughs> uh, I guess another thing that I'm concerned about is I I really don't want this to become Star Wars. I I really want it to stay true to Star Trek and and really not end up as a, well, like you say, I, I don't want it to be mixed up with Star Wars. Let let it have its own, as as fans say, canon. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't really see, I don't really see, like, uh, The Mandalorian, we're reviewing The Mandalorian on uh, Trek Talk. And The Mandalorian, to me, is nothing more than just a bunch of action and shootouts every week. And that's pretty much the whole show. Uh, but Star Trek, last week's episode, Unification, was a very talky episode. Lots of emotions, lots of talking, really no action at all. This episode had had quite a bit. We had Osiris' ship bombing a planet from space. And then we had Detmer taking book ship and attacking Osiris' ship and severely damaging it. Uh, we had a lot of action on the planet with um, bo- um, Book's brother attacking them. So we, we had a lot of action in this episode as opposed to last week's episode. But well, that's sort of, um, I mean, I guess, I guess, like all westerns you have shootouts and things like that but like where where the ship started attacking Odessa's ship you know it almost reminds me of the X-wings fighters and the you know the battles in in Star Wars with all the ships firing on yeah, each other that, and but yeah. but maybe maybe like you say uh you can watch uh have gun will travel uh wanted dead and or alive or whatever there's going to be a shootout so so maybe um again I'm overthinking it but but I just want to make sure or I would like to make sure that it doesn't accidentally cross the line this was the second episode where uh, we had a, a space shootout that was kind of reminiscent of Star Wars. A book ship attack um, uh, in Scavengers. We saw book ship attacking the planet. And then again, book ship was attacking Osiris' ship in this episode. That's, so eight episodes and we saw two battles. So that's not, that's not really bad. Too, too bad. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. and then, I enjoyed the episode. I thought Jonathan Frakes did a good job directing it. There was a lot going on that had to be all tied together, and I think they did a good job of keeping the, keeping the story moving and going ahead and not getting bogged down. Yeah, no, I I I enjoyed watching the episode. Like I said, I really, at least for me personally, I'd rather have a fewer uh storylines going that that's other than you know good episode i just wish fewer storylines being i would rather get more information per a couple storylines than than get information on on you know five different storylines because because then i get lost then i i don't know where we're, where we're going <laughs> but that's like yeah. Say, that's that's the, my problem. That's the that's the way they do um, these episodes now. They're all story arcs that continue from episodes into last week and the week before and the week before, and they kind of thread them through all the other episodes like a needle. But listen, guys, uh, I'm Uncle Jim, and I'm talking with the Leslie Hoffman. You're listening to Stunt Treks. It's Sunday night. We're going to take our very first commercial break of the night. So uh, run, don't walk to the refrigerator, and don't touch that dial. Um, you guys at Odyssey Radio are going to have to listen to a couple of quick commercial spots that Russ is going to drop in for you. But the rest of our listeners are going to hear our brand-new truck talking promo, which is going to be playing on several stations as well. And after that promo is done, I'll be right back with the Leslie Hoffman, and we're going to talk about some of the great actors that Leslie has had the privilege uh, to run into while she's been working on Star Trek. So please don't touch that dial. Run, don't walk to the bathroom. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. Trek talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday nights, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. 
And welcome back. I'm Uncle Jim. I'm talking with the Leslie Hoffman. This is Stunt Trek, and we're going to be talking with Leslie about some of the actors that she's had the privilege um, to work with or run into uh, during her time on Star Trek. Our number here is 646-668-2433. If you're interested, give us a call, and you can talk to Leslie live. So, Leslie, you never worked on Star Trek The Next Generation. But I hear that you did have a run-in with Brent Spiner. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, Well, before I start that, you know, Hollywood, you hear divorce after divorce after divorce. Michael Westmore just uh, celebrated his 55th wedding anniversary with his wife, Marion Westmore. Uh, Like I say, their 55th year anniversary. Wow. I mean, so so there are happy marriages in Hollywood. Anyways, uh, back to Brent is my friend. Uh, I've known him as long as I've known Tom Morga is Brian Williams, who is Data's double. So that's how I'm connected to Brent. Um, he was actually doing a movie. Now I I love Broadway musicals. And Brent Spiner was in the original play called uh, Sunday Afternoon in the Park with George. He's a singer. He he was a s- actor-singer on Broadway way before he was Data on Next Generation. I mean, interesting, just sideline here, is Manny Patankin was George, who is there's, – there's this painting – of of a park and these French people all around the park and the lake and the painting is actually made with dots. It it's not I don't know what you would call it, fluid. It, it, maybe I'll 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 post the picture. But Manny Patankin was uh George and people who know Manny Patankin besides um um, oh, great! I just lost the 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 sci-fi that he was in, but anyways, he probably is best known as Iago Montoya. You know, hello, my name is Iago Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> anyways, well, back to Brent. <laughs> I just as a on a side note, Leslie, I know him from another classic sci-fi TV show called Alienation. And he played George. That, that's what I was trying to come up with was Alienations. Yes. Yep. Um, anyways, back to Brent. Uh, Brian was doubling him actually on a, a completely different movie. This was not on Next Generation. And I wanted to go down to the set. And, and, and like you say, believe it or not, I'm I'm shy. I do not want to walk up to an actor and say, oh, I just love the way you sing in, in this play. I mean, that to me, I don't know. I find that embarrassing, and I don't want to do that. I am a member of the Screen Actors Guild. We're all actors, and as much as I admire his singing, well, let's put it this way. There, I did get an opening to say that, that I enjoyed his singing. But then later, the second meeting, I don't know what show he was working on, and it was at Paramount, and Brian was having a birthday, uh, and they wanted to do a surprise birthday party, and they wanted to give – it was his 50th. They wanted to give him a special gift, and they thought of a bust of data. And I, crazy me, I volunteered to go see Brent and see if he would autograph the the bus for Brian, because I had, you know, I had met him on on this other movie with Brian, and I walked on to this Paramount set. I mean, these sets are usually closed, and they let me in, and I told him the reason I was there. And he was so wonderful. He 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 wasn't angry or anything. He was he was he was 
I don't know what to call it, proud or willing, and he signed he signed this uh, bust of data to Brian. Wow. What a yeah, nice guy. I mean, I've right. never had a I chance mean, to meet Brian. They, he could have said, I could have been thrown out of on my head out of Paramount for what I did, but uh, no, he, you know, uh, well, like you say, this other movie that he wanted Brian to double him on, I mean, he likes Brian so much as his double that that I would took a chance to see if he was willing to autograph, uh, like you say, this bus for Brian's 50th birthday. And and he did willingly, and uh, not that I remember, he probably did say to me, you know, wish Brian a happy birthday, uh, I assume. Uh, you know, if he's going to autograph, if I'm telling him why he's autographing this, I'm sure he probably said, you know, tell Brian happy birthday. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy that would do that. Yeah, I mean that Definitely. that that like I say that it 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 really is amazing, um, because well I don't know in the past and I don't want to go into deep stories on it. I mean there are actors that will get you kicked off the set or they see you dressed up as a as them, and they will walk to their dressing room and disappear until they're required on the set. So so you'd never you never know how an actor is going to react to you. And that, and that's exactly why I don't go up to actors and start the conversation. If they want to start the conversation with me, then then I feel very honored that they were willing to talk to me, but I am not going to start a conversation with them. Interesting. Yeah, it. Uh, oh. like you say, is that you know they're busy memorizing the script. They they have enough to do being on the set that day. They don't need someone walking up to them and saying, "Oh, can I have my picture with you? Oh, can I have my autograph with you?" They they get that when they're not on the set. I don't need to complicate their life when they're what I call or. I mean, this is the truth. When they're working, they don't need somebody, you know, possibly, possibly annoying them. They got to memorize the script. They got to get into character. They don't need someone to say, oh, you were wonderful in this show, or I just love you on that show, or, you know. Like I say, they get that, they get that when they're not on, on a studio lot. True, 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 true. So Leslie, yeah. you also had you also had the pleasure of meeting another really famous Star Trek actor who wasn't on Deep Space Nine or Voyager, and uh, this is somebody that you grew up watching on TV yourself. And I'm talking about the late great Leonard Nimoy. Would you talk about what it was like to meet him? Yeah. Now that that's due to Tom. You know, some of these. Meetings are due to either Brian being the double, Tom being the double, Dennis being the double. In this case, Tom was Leonard Nimoy's double in the first Star Trek movie. Not the show, but the movie. And we were at a convention. I don't know if Tom was a guest signer there, but he went backstage, or they allowed him backstage, to to say hello to Leonard Nimoy and I got to follow Tom and Tom introduced me to him and I mean <laughs> that was amazing. And I mean, what again, was Leonard very Nimoy nice, like? Very very brief but very nice. Wow, and he's about as as a big a name a star as you're ever going to get on Star Trek. You know, yeah. he's, he's a he's a legend of him as his own of his own. So, Leslie, I know that uh, I'm not sure if you ever worked with, if you ever did a scene 
with Gowron or or General Martok, two of my favorite Klingons, by the way. And just as a side note, Robert O'Reilly did his first Star Trek convention ever in Albany, New York, for me back in 1993. Um, so, and he was great to meet, by the way. He was awesome. But you had an opportunity to work with both of them. And what was that like? And how did that how did that happen? Oh, they were funny. I mean, they 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 were their own team uh, at conventions. JG and Robert, uh, you know, the uh, they'll get on stage and do their own act or whatever. And um, Tom and Brian and I were part of the stunt show at this at a couple of Star Trek conventions and JG and Robert were there and actually so the five of us quickly put this routine together where where you know JG and Robert would have dialogue and I was the director and then I would yell cut and then say stunt man and and Tom and Brian would come in and then they'd start fighting and and let's say just about when one is ready to kill the other I'd go cut and then JG and Robert would get back in and have some dialogue and then and then they get angry enough that one of them was ready to throw a punch you know and cut <laughs> it was it was really funny i mean what was really the the funniest thing that happened at one of the conventions was uh i don't know whether it was brian or tom accidentally lost uh i don't know if it was a bat lift but it was a weapon and it went bouncing across the stage and it either hit jg or robert and i said you know so so yeah blib i said great you Stop <laughs> men are not supposed to hurt the actors. You don't hit an actor with one of the props. <laughs> but but at uh, the very end of of the uh I'll call it the stunt show, the the group of the five of us is JG kisses me and that was that was fu- well funny, exciting, whatever you want to call it. Uh just and then just later, uh, the five of us are talking about something, and Robert O'Reilly used to direct uh, plays in a playhouse in Broadway. And in this play, this person had to drop through this trap floor uh, of the stage. And, I mean, it was a 10-foot drop, and he wanted a stunt coordinator. And uh, Tom and Brian didn't, didn't offer, but I did. And I said, why don't you build uh, a platform, you know, just like maybe a, uh, well, let's say it was a 15-foot drop. I said, why don't you build a 10-foot platform that when the person, it was a woman, jumps down, they're only jumping down five feet to the top of the platform and not jumping 15 feet down to the floor, and that's exactly what we did, and the woman never got her. I don't remember how many shows this play was, but uh, uh, she actually gave me a gift at the end of uh, the run of the play, and and Robert was happy. I mean, it it was it was a lot of fun, and and like I say, you just don't know what's going to happen, or or how a friendship extends into something else. Um, Leslie, were, that, were, uh, were Robert and J.G. dressed up in their full Klingon garb when they were doing these stunt shows? No, I don't think they were, but they do. I understand they do do that now. Is that uh, I don't know if they bring uh, a makeup person with them and, and part of... Uh, well, <laughs> there hasn't been a current convention, so I'll say 2019 or 18. Um, they have been known to be dressed up completely as Klingons, but but I'm talking more like 10 plus years ago, and and no, they were not dressed as Klingons uh, while we were doing this. Yeah, that's something new. They 
they never used to be able to appear in public as their characters from Star Trek, but something has changed because recently I've seen a lot of convention. Well, like you said, this is pre-COVID where, like, I went up to Trek Conderoga and Robin Curtis was dressed up as Savick from uh, Star Trek Three to search for Spock, which was pretty cool. And I've seen Nog and Rom uh, as Ferengi. Uh, um, this is, would be a few years ago, obviously, because Nog, uh, Aaron Eisenberg was still alive at the time. So they do go to conventions, appear as their characters from time to time. I just don't know how they decide when they can and when they can't. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure it's more exciting for the fans, uh you know, to see them in in costume as opposed to, well, uh, I'm I'm just thinking about I don't know if it's the Facebook site, um, everything about Star Trek or whatever, is there was a cast picture, and there was this human woman among the cast, and someone asked, who is that per who is that you know person from the third side whatever. It was Roxanne Dawson. She wasn't made up as Torres, and no one recognized that that was Roxanne Dawson. Yeah, I put I put that picture up on our Facebook page, and I was surprised that people didn't know who she was. I, I was like, "Are you serious? <laughs> Are you kidding me?" Right yeah. Now? <laughs> oh. But yeah, some people don't, just don't know. They just, they just don't know uh, what these actors are. That's why on our Star Trek page, I like to put up pictures of them as themselves so people can see them. Speaking of, I'm, I'm going to, a little sidebar here for a minute. Speaking of how fans get excited to see the Star Trek actors in character, way, way, way back in 1991, I'm going back 30 years from, okay, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. When they were filming um, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and it was filming at the exact same time that they were filming Unification Part One and Part Two with the return of Leonard Nimoy to start to television. It was a really exciting time. A friend of mine, a, a person I knew at the time, got a job as a staff writer for Star Trek The Next Generation. And she says to me and my wife, uh, to my girlfriend, my fiance Karen, well, why don't you guys come out to Hollywood and I'll get you on the set and blah, blah, blah. Never having been in there, never having flown, we jumped at the opportunity. We flew out to L.A. We spent a weekend out there and we got to go on Paramount, which was exciting. Well, there's a commissary there where everybody eats, which I'm sure, Leslie, you've been to the commissary. You must have if you were acting there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I've eaten in the commissary. That, so Karen and I, I mean, if, are if walking... you have enough time, you're able to go there. If if it's too quick and there's too many people working that day, they bring the catering truck out. But go ahead. So Karen and I are walking towards the commissary because we're hungry. And our friends told us that if you go to the commissary, you might be lucky to run into a couple of actors. And we're like, okay. And she told us, oh, you have to be cool. You have to be cool. If they think you're a fan, they'll throw you out. So we had a staff pass that we got from her, and we're walking towards the commissary. And who do we see walking out of the commissary? We saw Data, Jordy, and Riker. And when I say Data, Jordy, and Riker, that's who they were. They were in their full garb. Of course, our Riker had, or Jonathan Frakes had his uniform uh, unzipped and, and half down, and uh, Jordy wasn't wearing his visor. But um, they were, in, and they were in full makeup and full full gear. And I was like, Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! So we just, Karen and I just kind of stood there really cool <laughs> and pretended that, that it's every day in the TV street. And they were, they were joking and laughing and just having a good time. And they walked by us, and we just watched them with our tongues hanging out, and they walked by. And we're like, wow, that was the greatest moment ever. <laughs> and I was yeah, excited. Well, nothing to do with Star Trek. I was over at 20th Century Fox, 
and I'm walking down the street, and Ringo Starr walks by me going in the other direction. I mean, one of the Beatles. It's like my eye, I'm sure my eyes got bigger, but there was no way in the world I was going to go. You know, could you imagine running up and say, you're Ringo Starr. (laughs) What is he going to answer? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh the same the same day that we were on Paramount, we were just walking around looking at stuff, and they have this street that looks like New York City, but it's fake. The front looks like New York City, but the back is there's nothing there. They're just fake building fronts, and uh, they had all these right. New York City police cars parked around, and it looked really cool, Leslie. But when you go around the back, there's nothing there. It's just empty. And, but anyway, so. Having never seen anything like that, I was impressed. And we're walking around the corner, and a guy in a bicycle comes whipping around the corner and knocks over my girlfriend, knocks Karen right over. And he gets off the bike, and he's 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 apologizing. Oh, my God, I didn't see you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's helping Karen up and blah, blah, blah. And and we're like, oh, we're, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And he gets on his bike, and he leaves. And I said to Karen, I said, do you know who that was? That was Sam Elliott. You just got ran over by Sam Elliott. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dennis Madelone had his own bicycle, and he would want me to run something over to the production office, which is on the other side of the lot. So I'm dressed up as Mila, and I'm riding Dennis Madelone's bike across the a lot. I mean that that was how they did have golf carts also, but I mean if you didn't ride for a golf cart, you had a bicycle. And if you yeah, didn't ride was, for a bicycle, was, you walked. <laughs> it was pretty exciting. So Leslie, who are some yeah. of the um you you've worked with a lot of people on Star Trek. Who are some of the friendliest people that you had the opportunity to work with on Deep Space Nine and Voyager and then we'll have to wrap up the show because we only got about six minutes left. Yeah, um, I don't know. Deep Space Nine. I guess I had a closer connection to them. I mean, Avery was always friendly. Mark Alamo, Aaron Eisenberg, Max, however, <laughs> Gurnacek, uh, Sirach Lofton. That was that was really interesting because. Uh, the first ones I named, I definitely had conversations with multiple times. I really didn't talk to Sirach, but my my younger brother's family was visiting California, and I brought him out to the soundstage, and my niece, which very young at that time, Sirach drew a picture for her. I mean, wow. I didn't ask him to do that. I mean, she she wanted an autograph, which which again is kind of embarrassing for me, but but at least she asked him. I didn't ask him for her, and instead he drew a picture for her. I mean, it was it it, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, they could have again. You don't know what's going to happen. They well. Like I say, I'm only talking about Ciroc now, is you don't know what could have happened. I mean, he could have been very, very nasty, but, but you know, she was a little toddler, and, and he was wonderful to her. Uh, like I say, Avery and, and Mark, we spoke on the set all the time. Aaron and Max, they had, they didn't have a large trailer. They had what they call a... A, a teardrop trailer, trailer, which is like the ones I would have or the sun people would have. And and Tom and De- Dennis and I, I mean, we used to all pile into Aaron's trailer or Max's trailer, and we just shoot the breeze. I mean, it, again, it's, it's people going to work, and and it was just, what should I say, like a coffee break. I mean, you just talked about things and it was wonderful i mean and speaking about talking of things we're just about out of time wow Wow. so um (laughs) yeah i want to let everybody know that you can head over 
to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page and say hello to Leslie. And if you have an idea for a show or something you'd like to hear Leslie talk about, you can get in touch with her there as well. It's the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page. So please head on over there and say hello to Leslie. She'd absolutely love to hear from you. And uh, my name is Uncle Jim, and I'll be doing uh, Trek Talking on Thursday night with Eric and Charles. We're going to be talking about Sanctuary, the episode that Leslie and I just discussed, and The Mandalorian, Chapter 14, The Tragedy. So you guys want to tune in Thursday night at 7.30 for that. Same bat time, same bat channel, 646-668-2433. And, of course, I couldn't do stunt tracks without the... Leslie Hoffman. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> so Leslie, uh, thank you very much for hanging out with me tonight and sharing some of your stories about working on Star Trek. Thank you very, very much. Oh, again, I know I keep, re- well, <laughs> you keep thanking me and I keep saying that it's it's wonderful to talk about these memories. It brings back very happy times in my life. Well, you know, uh, we say a lot of the same things every week, but being a global, worldwide um, podcast like this, we don't know if new people are listening or aren't listening. So um, it, it doesn't hurt. We just want everybody to know how how, how uh, blessed I feel to be able to talk to you about these things and share it with them. I think it's great. Yeah. No, it, and I always say – if there weren't the fans, I, I I wouldn't be doing this right now. I mean, obviously, everybody has the love of Star Trek. And, again, without the fans, I wouldn't be working. So, or, or back then, I wouldn't have been working. I mean, shows would have been canceled left and right. But, obviously, there's a strong following. And I was lucky enough uh, to work on Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and I'm very grateful for it. And I'm grateful and, to the fans. And listen, guys, we'll be back next Sunday at 7 o'clock with a whole new episode of Stunt Treks with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and the Leslie Hoffman. So you guys can check out the Facebook page and find out what topic Leslie and I are going to talk about. We didn't squeeze in Planet of the Apes this week. Maybe next week. Anyways. <laughs> I'm Uncle Jim. Thank you very much, Leslie, for joining us tonight. And hailing oh, frequencies oh, are closed. Good night, everybody. Night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. <laughs>